So today we are continuing our Where to Start series with Dr. Jess Lakin and me. Today we talk about staying steady through uncertainty because heaven knows there's a lot of uncertainty and scariness going on in the world today. Um, <laughs> isn't there always, right? But now it just seems particularly inflamed. So uh, we thought this was an important topic to address this month. And so here we go. Here's me and Jess. I hope you enjoy this episode and I hope you find it helpful. And here we go. Hello there, Jess. I'm so glad you could join me again for another one of these Where to Start episodes. Thank you, Dana. I'm very delighted to be here. So uh, we're following up on the heels of our last episode, um, and our topic for today is staying steady through uncertainty. And uh, and we came, I think it was you who brought up this topic, and it's so perfect for what's going on now, because um, obviously there's a lot of uncertainty and scary things happening around the world and in particular Israel and Gaza and the Middle East and just all this, you know, there's a lot of fear out there um, in the world and also in our own country and a lot of, um, oh, a lot of violence of action and language directed at certain populations. And uh, so we thought we would talk about staying steady through kind of you know potentially scary times so uh what are your thoughts about how we can ground ourselves in such times well i think um you know if we if we just open our perspective of the past few years um there has been um i think we can all identify there's been definitely waves of uncertainty and um i think one of the core it's really a it's really a core experience of humanity you know there for four people there are um times when uncertainty feels really prominent and really immediate and um especially for myself my own personal practice the past few years has been a practice of noticing within myself when I do feel uncertain. And the emotion that often rises up for me is fear or worry or um, overwhelm, perhaps. And so for my personal practice, it's about, it's been about how do I give attention to that? How do I even notice that these emotions are present for me. And there have been some very fundamental practices of, well, when that arises, I have this practice to come to. And essentially those practices are all leading me back to myself, um, the here, the now, and a sense of, uh, being able to ground that energy and being able to take a breath, for example, and through the simplicity of that practice, there is a 
a softening of the uncertainty energy. And there's a sense of, well, I'm here now. My next step is this. And so this practice for me has been very, very helpful for, I would, I just call it steering my energy. So it's really not to avoid the, the emotions that are coming up, but to be, to hold those emotions in my awareness and then bring my focus back to the here and now and taking the next step. And that has been a really helpful, helpful way of managing through the moments of uncertainty that I've had. And I, and uh, the key word there is practice. And I, I think for a lot of people, um, you know, uh, for me, it would be meditation um, uh, or it might be exercise too, because I feel like when I'm able to really inhabit my body, if I'm feeling anxious, because for me, like you mentioned, fear, anxiety is definitely another another thing. And so having a practice, having something that you do every day, I think is 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 key because it creates a whatever your chosen practice is, whether it's bringing awareness to where these things sit in the body or meditation or movement, it it's it's something that you do daily. It's something that's part of a routine. And I think that's very key uh, because routine means normalcy and it can be the thread that carries you day to day. So, um, and the irony is, is that uncertainty exists all the time because we don't know what's around the corner, Absolutely. but it's so interesting that at certain times, like you said, when things are heightened, the uncertainty is really uncomfortable because there's the fear and anxiety about something, something, you know, big and scary. Whereas we are always in the realm of uncertainty, but sometimes it's worse than other times. So mm. um, having that routine, that normalcy, something you can count on regardless. Mm -hmm. So what do you typically do with your awareness practice? What, what form does it take? Do you sit quietly? Do you, do you have a movement practice or? Yeah. Uh, sometimes um, I do sit, especially if I feel, um, it, if I feel really unsteady, I will actually take that time, maybe half an hour, to um, to sit in meditation, and and really my practice is about first of all coming to my breath. Um, and gradually attuning myself to that inner rhythm of my breath. So the practice with that is where my thoughts may be scattered and tumbling around, the practice of simply following my breath has an effect of gradually slowing down the activity of my mind mm -hmm. and I kind of begin to tune in with the my internal rhythms so I may notice in that practice that my breath may start out feeling very shallow very rapid 
um, but simply with the awareness, um, the breath, my breath will just begin to soften. It will become longer, smoother, deeper. And then I find that there is a sense of flow, like the flow of the breath within my body seems to open. And so in that space, there is a, it's like a relief and a release. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a way, I guess, of slowing down uh, mm -hmm. because the mind really follows the breath. There is a kind of correlation between breath and mind. Absolutely. So that's one of the most fundamental practices. And there are, you know, many different breath practices, but um, with, you know, counting numbers on the inhale, holding, releasing mm -hmm. for a certain number. But I actually really like just attending to my natural breath, coming yes. to a breath of ease. And um, that for me is very effective. Well, and with the deepening and the slowing of the breath and dropping it into the belly um, or having that image of it dropping into the belly, um, it, it has a physiological uh, consequence, which is that it calms the vagus nerve. And that is the thing that slows everything down allows the mind to quiet and and also um another thing it, to use the breath as the thread that so that whenever your mind uh is tempted to latch on to a thought latch on to a thought when you bring yourself back to the breath each time this happens it's your tether it's your it's your uh, your way of bringing yourself back without judgment, without uh, any more uh, mind activity to just allow yourself to come back to the breath, come back to the breath, kind of like leading a horse to water, you know, it's like, come on over here, over here and being very gentle with yourself and very mm -hmm. gentle with your mind because the tendency of the mind is to want to, is to want to. Uh, latch onto something and start riffing, you know, yeah. and so <laughs> coming back to the breath. So you have the phenomenon of the, the physical phenomenon of slowing your nervous system and getting into parasympathetic uh, nerve function as opposed to the sympathetic nervous system. So you're, you're in the rest and digest mode, which is very calming and soothing and restorative for the mind. Um, it's a, it's a, it's it's so simple and yet it's so profoundly effective so you said about a half an hour um it, it can be that you know that's if i'm really triggered with something and, and yeah. but quite often it may not be that long it may just be mm. you know a few minutes sure may and not even that that much even time that. Yeah. yes but uh, the the other um, practice which is connected to the breath, you know, say for that thirty minute practice that I do, is I I open. Um, it's almost as if I open my inner listening, mm -hmm. and with curiosity and take interest in 
so where am I feeling? What what am I feeling in my body? And and where is that? And what is it that I'm feeling? Because sometimes when we're really heightened in our emotions, it we just know that we're off. Mm-hmm. We don't necessarily know quite what's behind this feeling. So I open a kind of moment for myself of like, let me let me look, let me listen. Uh, let me see what my body is communicating to me mm-hmm. because the body will communicate um, is intimately connected with the emotional um, aspects of whatever's going on um, and it and also intimately connected with the activity of the mind so all of this is slowing down and beginning to hear the the narrative of whatever is being shared by my body and my emotion my emotions and that in itself is very helpful because it helps to see where one is in a moment right and then the other thing about awareness is that when you become aware of where things are being held in the body um you can then release it or begin to and breathe into that space because um, if you're not aware of it, you can't do anything about it. <laughs> so that awareness is is crucial. Um, and then and then also um, having people to connect with and to speak with, um, I think, is hugely important. You know, and it might be that you have a practice group whom you can connect with, but it might also be your spouse, partner, a close friend to be able to give voice to these anxieties and fears. And I, I always find that that is hugely helpful. Yeah, um, I think that being able to verbalize how you're feeling with someone else and have that received and listened to and shared. Um, And possibly, you know, in that space, have it kind of like opened up a bit. But I think the thing to take care about is there may be some people who actually heighten your anxiety and fear. And then there may be some people who actually you come away feeling a release. So that is mm. to really notice and be mindful about yes. which which support network in particular, which people in particular can help you in these particular moments in time. Um, yes, in choose, them <laughs> yeah. choose them wisely. Choose them wisely. Yes. Yes. And, and also... Um, our uh our companions who are nonverbal uh like animals you know we were talking earlier um before we were recording we were talking about our animals and 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 the and and how animals dogs cats especially how they are able to sense that you are um troubled or not feeling well or you're feeling a little down and they and they tend to snuggle up a little closer and i just find that so interesting that their instinct is to come closer yeah and to be helpful and loving 
yeah. in your time when you need them the most? I do. I do feel um, uh, that animals are these incredible um, space holders for us. Mm-hmm. And uh, many of them offer themselves and their energetic support so graciously, so compassionately, um, so unconditionally. And, uh, you know, sometimes I know I have, we have two cats and uh, they came to us during COVID actually, but I notice how when there may be a lot of drama going on in the house, um, how the cats respond to that, how they just sit in the space and they're watching and they're very much involved. And I and I believe that animals are active participants in these energetic and emotional processes and helping us steady ourselves, helping us energetically find our own balance, mm-hmm. um, being there as companions um, and it's really profound it's beautiful to witness i find it interesting that and we have as you know we have both a cat and a dog and i notice that if i'm at the computer for too long or i'm getting revved up about something that i'm seeing online the cat has a tendency jack he will get up and he will sit right in front of me so i can't see the screen (laughs) and he'll just start he'll he'll bump my nose with his nose I'll do this sort of headbutt kind of thing, like, "Hey, you need to, you need to hang out with us." <laughs> Amazing. And the dog will be trying to get in my lap, and they're both all over me, and and I think, "Oh, okay, it's time to take a break." <laughs> yeah. And isn't that interesting? How, you know, you would think that animals who are, they're highly sensitive, highly intuitive. You would think that if you're getting a little jangly in your energy that they would almost that they would want to get away from that but instead they actually come to you to help mm-hmm. you i just find that fascinating yeah yeah really really amazing there's an intuition um there's a knowingness mm-hmm. um, that the animal it, it kind of shows that we are connected to each other and to the animal and the plant kingdom in a way that we can't really comprehend, you know, but we can just trust mm-hmm. that there is this intimate connection mm-hmm. uh, and reciprocal connection as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is a, a knowing within the animals of when to come close, when 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 we're, we are perhaps needing that grounding and that support. And the interesting thing too is that when you start to breathe a little more slowly, a little more deeply, your animal is also r- reciprocally relaxed too because you're calming down and that helps to calm them down further. And then, you know, the cat really starts to purr loudly yeah. <laughs> and the dog starts to do his little dog purr, you know, and <laughs> there's something really beautiful about that. And so, yeah. um, you know, there's a thing that I learned recently about horses, horses and donkeys, um, any mm-hmm. equine creatures that they will sink. They have a kind of automatically heart synchronization feature mm-hmm. and that they their heartbeat will match yours 
and it will become slower. And that's mm-hmm. might be part of the reason. And when you have an animal that large, that is matching your energy and also calming it down. Um, I mean, that's fascinating to me as well. You know, it's, it's, it has a big, because a, a horse has a large heart field, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, yeah. there's a reason that they use horses and donkeys as therapy animals. Yeah. But, but we also have that heart connection between humans as well. So, absolutely, you know, the, um, this concept of entrainment, energy entrainment. So we will, if with a particular vibration coming into the room, perhaps somebody with lots of loving heart energy walks into a room, into a group, that energy as a vibration will be felt in the room. And gradually the people, the other people in the room will start to kind of begin to um, sync with that energy mm-hmm. or come in line with it. And so that is why, um, you know, especially during times of uncertainty, if we choose our um, companions wisely at this time, if we choose what we listen to on social media and podcasts, etc., we can either elevate exaggerate our emotional response so we can go more out of control into the fear space or we can gradually align into more of a grounded space depending on the nate the energetic nature of who we're listening to so the so that idea of actually reading each other's heart energy reading each other's energy it happens between human beings as well mm-hmm. well and uh as as gandhi famously said be the change you wish to see in the world and that means being an example of a living breathing beating example of what you wish to see in the world and so in terms of um having a more loving and peaceful world that we can embody that and perhaps to lend comfort to others um at uncertain times yeah yeah when um there it's uh you know when we are in these spaces of collective uncertainty there are these uh there are these two movements we can place our focus and our attention outwards and um potentially feel less steady in ourselves mm-hmm. or we can without sort of ignoring what's happening in the external world, we can kind of bring our awareness and our attention inward and know that by caring for ourselves, by caring for how we're feeling, for attending to our own uncertainty and grounding ourselves, that will have an an impact on our family, on our community, on the people that we um communicate with absolutely a hundred percent it's a Mm -hmm. choice Mm -hmm. it's a choice to do that and um for those of us who choose that um you know in uncertain times um it's it's important it's very important so if Mm -hmm. there's ever anyone who feels that 
that what they do maybe doesn't impact other people, but it does know that it does. Mm -hmm. And you can be that. You can be the anchor in the room. You can be the anchor of your family. You can be the rock yeah. for for someone and how important that is. And it's a beautiful thing because it also helps you when you ground yourself for others, you also ground yourself for yourself. Yeah. And so, you, you know, you mentioned the rock, you mentioned the, you know, the earthy, the earthy qualities of, of groundedness. So mm -hmm. I think, you know, even in meditation, even in visualization, or even in like real life, if you're feeling ungrounded, if you're feeling overwhelmed, go find a tree that's in your neighborhood. Sit with the tree, mm -hmm. feel the energy of the tree. The tree will guide you mm -hmm. in how to ground your energy or go to the mountain, sit and look at the mountain, feel the energy of the mountain. Or even find a small pebble and hold the pebble in your hand and feel that as a vibrational energy. All of these um, aspects of nature will help us in grounding our energy. Mm -hmm. Well, I think we gave um, we gave people something to think about and things to try and. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I just want to thank you so much for, for talking about this. I think you've helped me today. Uh, and you, thank you so much. Thank you, Jess. Thanks, bye-bye. Uh, I hope you found that as soothing and as helpful as I did. I have to say that after Jess and I recorded this episode, I felt that... I was breathing a lot easier, certainly for the rest of the day. So I hope you enjoyed that. And there is a topic that we did not discuss within this episode today, and that is a faith-based practice or a spiritual practice, um, a religious practice. And for many people, I know a religious practice, whether they be Christian, Jew, Muslim, Buddhist, Zoroastrian or any number of different faith traditions, uh, that is a huge source of comfort and focus and direction in uncertain times. So that will be a discussion for another time. And until that time, take good care of yourselves, take good care of each other. And as always, I will see you on the other side. Thank you so much for listening.